0: Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome back to Talk Nation Radio this week Pat Elder, who is a member of World Beyond Wars Board of Directors. He is the author of Military Recruiting in the United States. He's the director of the National Coalition to Protect Student Privacy. The coalition works to counter the alarming militarization of the United States high schools. Pat Elder also writes for World Beyond War and for Civilian Exposure, an organization that tracks how the U.S. military poisons people around the world. Pat's focus is on documenting contamination caused by the U.S. military's use in routine, firefighting drills of pear and polyfluoroalkyl substances, also known as PFAS. Pat Elder will be speaking at the No War 2019 Conference and Rally in Limerick, Ireland, this October 5th and 6th. Pat Elder, welcome back to Talk Nation Radio.
1: Well, thank you, David. And I'm impressed that you uh, pronounced pear and polyfluoroalkyl substances
0: properly. It's (laughs) impressive. Most people can't. Chloralkyl. There you go. Uh, hopefully not because I've got them in me. Uh, what what are they? Tell tell people the, the, the basic <laughs> science for dummies here. I include myself among the dummies. What are these things?
1: Sure. Um, well, it goes all the way back to 1938 in the uh, offices uh, and uh, scientific clinics of the 3M uh, and DuPont corporations in um, in New Jersey. And, uh, DuPont, uh, scientists actually were the first to stumble on it. It was discovered, um, these per and polyfluoralkyl substances, uh, by an accident. Um, basically, if you have, um, in the, the core of the, um, molecular construction, eight carbon atoms. And those eight carbon atoms are heavily fluoridated. So they're, they each have two fluoride atoms attached. And uh, this this bond between the uh, fluoride atoms and the carbon atoms um, really make uh, some of the most powerful materials ever created by human beings. And the scientists in 1938 realized that this material is the strongest material ever discovered, and it repels fire better than anything, and dirt and grease better than anything, and it. Immediately was applied to uh, a host of uh, household products, uh, including Teflon, uh, including, oh gosh, the covering for hush puppy shoes because um, it made them waterproof. And it was also used routinely by the military. And these substances were included in firefighting foam because they were able to put out um, these petrol uh, chemical fires better than anything else. So, you know, when you think of a forest fire that's doused typically with, with water or other agents, it's not necessary to use the PFAS. PFAS is used for super hot uh, petroleum-based fires. And, uh, you know, when we're dealing with, say, an F-35 today that might cost as much as $125 million and it catches on fire, the military wants to be able to put that vehicle out as quickly as possible They've known that this material is poisonous um, since the since the 60s and um, continue to use it. And uh, now uh, all across the country, um, people like me and even some state legislatures are getting into the act and realizing that uh, as the military uses these materials in Navy bases and, and Air Force bases and Army bases around the country, uh, the materials are... Um, are leaching into groundwater. So what they'll typically do is, is they'll um, they'll create a 200 foot acre, I mean 200 foot crater, um, and they'll um, dig it down about three feet or so, and they fill that with jet fuel, and they light it on fire, and then they um, extinguish the blaze using these uh, carcinogenic foams, which are then allowed to seep into groundwater. Um, the plumes can travel travel for miles. The groundwater also makes its way into uh, municipal drinking water, as it has done uh, across the country in hundreds of municipalities. And it also makes it into the sanitary sewer systems, which is quite problematic because the, um, the sewers, you know, they'll uh, be kicked with sludge. And then periodically um, they'll take the sludge from the uh, municipal sewer systems and slather it on uh, farm fields. But uh, this sludge is now um contaminated with PFAS and put onto um crops and fields and so um throughout the United States and throughout um the world, especially in areas adjacent to US military bases, um the um uh the the ground is poisoned, the surface water is poisoned, creeks are poisoned, rivers are poisoned and uh and the health effects of these chemicals, um, is quite staggering. We know that they contribute to, uh, testicular cancer, liver cancer, kidney cancer, and a host of childhood ailments, uh, ranging from attention deficit disorder to, uh, severe allergy disorders. All of it's been clinically proven. We've known it for years and, uh, the status quo remains. The military is steadfastly, uh, resisting any attempt, um, to change its behavior.
0: And other, Pat Elder, other than the obvious alternative, which would be preferable in a dozen different ways of not making F-35s and having them catch on fire, uh, are there alternatives that the military uh, could be using to put out uh, petroleum-based fires without uh, putting deadly chemicals into our groundwater?
1: Absolutely, and there have been for 30 years, and uh, there's a debate in the scientific community right now as to um, you know just how much better, if any at all, these PFAS-laced foams are in dousing uh, fires. Throughout the European Union, the use of the PFAS materials um, has been um, prohibited, uh, except, of course, on American Navy and Air Force bases uh, and Army bases throughout the continent. Um, and around the world, um, we have a banning of, of PFAS materials. Um, so, uh, but to give you a sense of the uh, power of the chemical industry in Congress, um, it wasn't until last year where um, airport uh, municipal airport authorities were free to use non-PFAS uh, foams. So, uh, right now we're in the process of seeing all airports across the country switching from the carcinogenic phones to the regular phones. And keep in mind that although air air crashes um, where you actually have to use these materials in an emergency are, are pretty rare, um, th- these uh, are used in routine training exercises. So we don't just have the military using them. We also have, uh, you know, uh, municipal airport uh, authorities using these foam sprays. But now um, as... Um, Consciousness is uh, raising around the country. Um, we see that uh, uh, a lot of airport authorities are banning the materials as well, and that's the responsible thing
0: to do. And and how, Pat Elder, how have these PFAS chemicals impacted particular individuals' lives?
1: Well, um, you know, it, uh, I, I work for Civilian Exposure, and uh, can go onto that website, civilianexposure.org, you can see uh the testimony uh, of people um yeah, it's all over the the country um I remember a spate of uh of, of letters that were written to us uh from gosh uh peterson air force base outside of uh colorado springs and uh you know that that area um has uh, really been uh, suffered with uh tens of thousands of parts per trillion of PFAS in the um, water. And uh, the poor folks have been drinking this water. And one family, one Air Force family, had 16 members uh, poisoned uh, and came down with cancer, and 10 have died in the last year and a half. Um, you know, and, and this, is, this is not anecdotal stuff. This, is, this has been reported um, quite extensively. It was first reported by military times uh which is a Gannett publication um so I think it it's it, people need to realize um that this is extraordinarily dangerous um in in New Hampshire it's another case point uh uh where um in portsmouth uh, peace Air Force Base actually closed down thirty years ago. And they use these forever chemicals. It's another problem with these chemicals. They don't break down. And uh, there were uh, pools of, of these chemicals and, and puddles of this foam that leached into the ground for years. And um, and so they, uh, as is as, as often done, um, these military bases are transferred to civilian um, ownership and control. And so eventually it, it became a part uh, a, a day daycare clinic was or uh, a kindergarten was built over top of where the um burn pit used to be and so all of the children uh, became ill uh, or many became ill and um you know Jean shaheen um a state senator actually uh managed to uh, get a multi-million dollar grant from the federal government and had 1500 people tested had their blood tested and found that all of them uh were deemed to be ill from PFAS with heightened levels in their blood. And it's not surprising because 99% of of Americans, including you, David, uh, referring to your remark at the onset of the show, have these in their bloodstream. And um, if we listen to Philip Grandjean, who is a, a professor of public health at Harvard University, we come to realize that anything more than one part per trillion of PFAS um, in drinking water is potentially dangerous, um, and many of us have that in our water now. And it just makes me think that we we have had an amazingly successful year. Um, New Jersey, for instance, just passed a law that said you can only have 14 parts per trillion of PFAS in um, groundwater and drinking water. They don't distinguish between the two because in New Jersey, most municipalities, Um, take their groundwater and turn it into drinking water. They just simply filter it. And most of the filters they use don't filter out the PFAS. It's an extraordinarily complex and expensive process. And so here you have New Jersey that says, okay, 14 parts per trillion. But in Louisiana, there are no regulations. And um, I traveled through uh, Alexandria, Louisiana in February of this year uh, on um, my million parts per trillion tour, And Alexandria, Louisiana, a predominantly African-American town, has poor um, black people drinking uh, from well water um, that is less than a half mile um, from uh, England Air Force Base, which closed 30 years ago. And um, PFAS is uh, found in the groundwater in Alexandria at that location at 10,900,000 parts per trillion. So New Jersey says you can't have more than 14, Louisiana allows 10,900,000. And what states do is extraordinarily important, David, because the EPA is asleep at the switch. Most modern nations have federal environmental um, agencies that look out for public health. In the United States, we simply do not. The EPA has been lacking well before the Trump administration, but now We are in crisis. The EPA refuses to set maximum contaminant levels for these dangerous carcinogens. And um, this represents one of the greatest public health crises in American history. I I am not exaggerating, and people are often caught off guard when they hear me say these things. But what I believe is happening, um, and this is serious, um, is that the... um, we need to have um, these chemicals designated um, as hazardous substances um, and they should be uh, contained um under the um, superfund law um, and uh, if if they're categorized as hazardous substances, and they are the EPA establishes minimum contaminant levels mCLs. And so right now there is an advisory at 70 parts per trillion for PFAS in groundwater and in drinking water. So 70 parts per trillion, again, you know, Philip Grandjean of Harvard says one part per trillion um, is, is dangerous. New Jersey has said, fine, we'll, we'll make it 14 parts per trillion, even though environmentalists there wanted to, the limit to be five. The EPA says 70, but it's not It's not a regulation. It is an advisory. The EPA does not regulate PFAS anywhere, and they don't, because if they began to and substance was found to be a hazardous substance, then the military would find itself with tens and perhaps hundreds of billions of dollars in liability. Every state, many municipalities, and not just in America but around the world, German rivers, German creeks, German streams, even the water system in Kaiserslautern next to Ramstein Air Base, the uh, municipal water system next to Spangledem Air Base, the municipal system next to Futenman in Okinawa, the municipal system uh, in in Guam in Ghana next to Anderson Air Force Base, I could go on and on and on, are contaminated. The locals are picking up the cost and the liability for public health and uh, rebuilt systems and remediating soil and water is fantastic. It is going to become one of the, if not the most expensive environmental cleanups in human history. That's why the EPA isn't regulating it, because the military will be forced to pick up the tab. And so here we are in a limbo where um, the standoff uh, between environmental communities and Congress and the EPA and the President and the military means that the American people are continued uh to be
0: poisoned. Pat Elder I, mean, I, I, d- I
1: never really I, I, Go I, ahead, David. I think that
0: uh, I think that some people who listen to this radio show are aware that the United States military has some thousand military bases in some 80 other countries and you say that other countries tend to have environmental protection agencies uh but I think the the reality is is it not that that these other countries are not just being hit with the bill for the cleanup, but are being denied uh, any legal right to to investigate uh, and deal with these crises because they're coming from U.S. military bases uh, which hold themselves above the law. That's correct.
1: Um, every uh, every nation um, executes. Um SOFA agreements with the United States. They're, they're known as the Status of Forces Agreements. And um, typically the agreements will say that the United States of America um, has the right um, to uh, um, keep secret um, any kind of environmental uh, contamination and really, um, you know, is free to, uh, to continue to um, damage the environment without um, any kind of um, of, of recourse I mean in Germany we see it quite often where um, you know the and the Americans executed these agreements back in the, in the uh, early 50s. Um, and of course there were strong armed tactics by the Americans at, the, at you know at that time. I mean we had just um, invaded their country um, and um, so basically the soFO agreements say that uh, um, you know if, if a base is to be handed back over to the German people, then the german government um should pay for the improvements so i mean that makes sense uh, you know you might say that there were uh, gosh 10 million dollars of improved property on a given base in germany and 30 years go by and and you know the assessed value becomes 100 million in improvements and so then you know it's expected that the german government should pay the united states government for the improvements minus um any kind of environmental degradation of course, at that point, um, you know, it was vague. They certainly didn't understand the environmental degradation caused by a chemical like um, PFAS. And so they're haggling today um, over exactly um, what these old agreements mean and whether or not the German government has um, any kind of authority, any kind of legal leg to stand on. But at this point, the United States is not forthcoming with any kind of um, evidence and simply will not open their bases, not to, not just in Germany, but that's the chief complaint of the uh, folks from Okinawa who want to know um, more about the source of the contamination in their water system.
0: And if people in Germany or Japan or Ohio or California want to find out more and want to test their water and want to test their family members, uh, how do they go about it? Well.
1: Um, that's a great question. Um, and, and unfortunately, um, it's not simple, David. Uh, first of all, many, many, um, legislators and many, uh, um, municipal municipalities are, um, you know, ignorant of the issue. Um, and, uh, there is no publicly available testing agent. You can get uh, the tests done. Um, and, uh, um, that would be under $400 for, uh, for the test um there is one um and i believe it's affiliated with university of michigan and your listeners cannot uh, contact me about that um and the fee i believe is $79 but the, there's a disclaimer that says we'll test your water for pfas but you can't use this uh you know in a legislative uh, process or in a civil court case i mean i believe the results are good but uh you know they can't be used in court so uh but I think it's important for people to uh, um, to look um, on the NAVFAC uh, website and then to um, look uh, on the Air Force Environmental website and see if they can negotiate it. Um, it's a little bit complex. Again, they can get in touch with me if they want to. Um, and then download the environmental um, uh, instruments that are on record uh, regarding PFAS contamination. And there was a spate of testing... Uh, hundreds and hundreds of tests across the country, and almost every military base took place in 2018 and into 2019. Uh, and so a lot of those results are open to the public, and there's been very little mainstream media reporting, uh, you know, um, on these um, instances of contamination.
0: There there are, Pat, if I'm not mistaken, uh, some good amendments on this issue in the House version of the National Defense Authorization Act, act, which has to be smashed together with the Senate version and a compromise uh, final bill produced. Uh, is that right?
1: Right. I like that, smashed together. Um, I think, I mean, certainly you're right. I, I, I don't see um, a great chance that uh, we're going to see the establishment of uh, a minimum contamination level uh, for PFAS. Um, You know, they need to put it under the Superfund ball. That is our chief uh, demand. Uh, But um, uh, Senator um, John Barrasso um, is the the chair of the U.S. Senate Environment and Public Works um, Committee. And uh, he is the Pentagon's point person. And all legislation um, that is working its way through uh, will have to go through his committee. And we saw very different approaches uh, from the Senate's perspective and the house perspective. The house has called for an inclusion of p f a s um in the superfund law and uh, the establishment of uh contaminant levels um The Senate has not, and uh expectations uh, my expectations are that uh the um the house's uh demands will be spit out by um the Senate they'll come together. They'll they'll agree to study it. They'll agree to kick the can down the road. uh, But we won't see um, any um, stern regulation. Something else needs to be mentioned at this juncture. Um, There are 5,000 types of PFAS. Um, At this point, most scientists would agree that um, they're all dangerous to human health. um, And that... uh, Um, What we're seeing now is that the older 8-carbon chain um, atoms that I referred to at the onset of this talk, um, there are two substances. Um, They are, by acronym PFOS and PFOA, Um, they are two of the most deadly um, types of PFAS, Um, and they have been uh, substituted out by the military. Um, And we have what are called Gen X uh, substitutes. And uh, Sharon Lerner of The Intercept has done an amazing piece on the dangers of the substitute uh, uh, chemicals. And they, too, are carcinogens. They, too, um, contribute to liver and kidney and testicular cancers and an onslaught of, of children's health issues, including uh, issues with pregnancy um, and uh, poisoned uh, milk, um, things of that nature. Um, and the scariest thing about these replacement, uh, uh, PFAS foams is that, uh, they travel quicker, um, underwater. And so we, we have plumes now, um, we, we feel that are six or eight miles out from the source. And of course, they bubble into streams. they use for irrigation. They're watered on crops. They find themselves into, um, municipal water. And of course, people with well water are very much endangered and, uh, so we have a human health crisis here. We should mention indeed. too, you know, that that um, like Germany, for instance, um, has banned uh, uh, selling strawberries from fields, has banned uh, cucumbers and, and asparagus, and uh, have taken um, these um, agricultural products off of many shelves because um, of their high content. Some some uh, products, like asparagus, for instance, just have a tendency to soak up. The PFAS um, in the in the ground. So, um, you know, this is these are all carcinogens, and um, we, we need to wake up to it because the human body can't handle it. Um, stuff um, managed to to sit in the liver, um, and
0: and is it, it stays in the blood, and and the human body just can't. Um, get rid of it, and it accumulates. I should also mention that people can go to RootsAction.org and click one button and email their congress member and their senators on behalf of those good amendments in the current legislation and many other good amendments, whether or not they want to place a, a bet on succeeding. Uh, Pat, you we've got just a couple minutes left. You're going yep. to be speaking at the No War 2019 conference and rally that World Beyond War has got planned for Ireland. This October, uh, what can people uh, expect? What are you What are you planning to to bring to that conference?
1: Well, uh, this is uh, the fourth uh, annual conference for World Beyond War, and uh, this will be our third uh, uh, different country in four years. And uh, you know, I think that the World Beyond War is an amazing and exciting organization. Um, and gosh, David, correct me here. I'll throw out a number. 155 nations represented now by membership? Is that about where we are?
0: Well, well 175, so you are pretty close. And uh, and you may recall, Pat, that we long wanted to reach 175 nations where people <laughs> had signed a peace pledge, because that's how many nations the Pentagon thanks the the, the troops for watching the sporting events from.
1: There you go. You know, it's, I think it's also wonderful that this conference will be held, um, in Limerick, uh, October 5th and 6th, um, because, uh, the Irish are, um, really, uh, supposed to be non aligned. And, uh, um, they have an airport there, Shannon Airport. And, uh, you know, Shannon is, uh, basically a, um, a home depot for the United States military. And, uh, so the Irish people are, playing a major role in American, um, you know, wars of aggression, and the Irish people don't like it. So I think it's brilliant that World Beyond War has decided to, uh, you know, to have this conference in such an, an idyllic setting as Limerick, and I hope that uh, people in America and throughout the continent can can come and um, see what we've put together. But, um, you know, right quickly, I, I, I'm going to talk about uh, – The contamination, um, not so much in the United States, but throughout the continent associated with U.S. military bases and the steps that individual nations are taking uh, to combat uh, this contamination and um, how powerless they are, um, because ultimately it gets down to the relationship between their federal government and the United States government.
0: We have been speaking with Pat Elder, and the organization is Civilian Exposure. Pat, thank you for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. I appreciate the opportunity. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org.